0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Truth Tuesday. Now, on t- for today's Truth Tuesday, we are going to be talking about a statement, a saying, a phrase, whatever you want to call it, something that I have been hearing for years, but I think has become an even bigger deal in recent years as, as our culture has kind of moved into the place where it is now, and that is this, the question is this, are you religious or are you Spiritual? I don't know, have you ever heard that before? Are you religious or are you spiritual? This is a, man, this is a phrase that I hear thrown around fairly frequently, you know, it's like where it almost treats the word religious like it's something of a dirty word, like the, the ultimate goal is to be spiritual on some level, you know, connected with the universe, or I don't know, there's all kinds of different ways that this can go. But the, I remember the very first time I ever heard this, was I was actually in Bible college at the time. I want to say it was like my first or second year of Bible college. And a friend of mine in the dorm actually said this to me, you know, we were having a conversation about faith and spirituality and, you know, scriptural things. And he told me, he said, he said, Dan, the main thing you want to ask yourself is this, are you religious or are you spiritual? Now this is, this is a friend who later on, you know, I, 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 don't necessarily we didn't necessarily keep up too well i really enjoyed his company but this question i tell you what it really got me to thinking you know because i, I for my entire life you know the, the word religion has almost carried with it something of a negative connotation whether that's correct or not so i really became curious as to what does it mean to be religious, and is that necessarily a bad thing? And here's what I want to lay the groundwork with. Here's what I want to lay the groundwork with. You know, do we feel a sense of guilt or maybe some kind of negativity surrounding being religious? Let's look at this for a moment. So, if we're going to take a man-made definition of the word religious, I went directly to the source. I went to Webster's Dictionary, and this is the definition of religious. It simply says, relating to or manifesting faithful devotion to an acknowledged ultimate reality or deity some fancy words there, but basically to be religious is to be somebody that accepts the presence of a God or a deity, and then a reality or set of truths that is defined by that God or deity. I don't know. That sounds a lot like me because of course I believe in the existence of God. I'm a faithful follower of Jesus and the truth that he states is the truth of the universe. As far as I can see. So that seems to put me in that category. Moving from that, the word religion, which would be derived from somebody who is religious or a group that is religious is this. From Webster's, a personal set or institutionalized system of religious attitudes, beliefs, and practices, or get this, the service and worship of God or the supernatural. Now, I don't know about you. I worship God all the time. And the Bible itself, you know, we oftentimes say, oh, I don't like organized religion. That's become kind of a kind of a Trendy thing to say is we don't like organized religion and I think it's kind of a knee-jerk reaction to some of the mistakes that the 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 church has made over the years which can be understandable but the fact of the matter is is that God did through the scriptures lay down an institution he created a system. He created the church to function in a specific way. He created a governance structure for the church. He, we were taught through the writings of the apostles how to conduct ourselves when we meet together. You know, there is an institution that God created. Now, does that mean that we've done everything right over the years? Well, we could debate about that. I would say probably not. But the fact of the matter is, People, to me, when I look into this, I see that we have a religion, and I don't think that that is a word we need to be ashamed of. As a matter of fact, I think it is a word that is very descriptive and something that we can embrace. Now, in thinking about that, being religious or spiritual, because obviously spirituality comes through our relationship with god but it is that religion it is that system it is that framework that god himself established that gives us the ability to be spiritual let's look at some scriptures now i want to share with you a single verse from the book of james that absolutely changed my life that i mean just absolutely rearrange the way that I thought about how I should conduct myself. So we're going to go to the book of James. We're the very first chapter. We're going to read verse number 27 from the NIV. Okay, here it comes. James one twenty-seven. religion that God, our father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after widows and orphans. I got that backwards to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted. By the world. Now that absolutely blew my mind. James references the word religion right here, talking about the system, the institution, the framework that God created. How does that manifest itself? It looks like this to look after orphans and widows, and to keep yourself from being polluted by the disgusting nature of the world that is around us. Now, when I look at this, let me share this with you. I see really two things. There are two things that jump out to me from this scripture because obviously these are good things to do, but what I see is twofold. There is an external component to this verse and there is an internal component. Component to this verse. The external component would be looking after orphans and widows. Now, in this day and age, Orphans and widows were on the lowest rung of society. There were no social safety nets. There were no not for profit organizations that would help people that were in dire straits. No. Orphans and widows, oftentimes in this culture, found themselves on the streets having to do terrible things to try to just survive, to just try and make it. They were, you know, they would never receive any kind of medical care. They were the bottom of the barrel in this society. And so James comes along and says to fully express, to fully express the greatness of what God has created through this institution of the church, you are to care and you are to take care of and look after and provide for the lowest of the low in your society. And this is nothing new. Jesus echoed this. If we go to Matthew chapter twenty-five, we're just going to read a few of these verses because this is kind of a long section. There is a section of scripture that we talk about, or we normally call the the separation of the sheep and the goats. God or Jesus Himself is talking about the end times and the final judgment, and He draws this analogy out of that to illustrate sort of his value system in how people will be judged in the end times. Let's go to Matthew 25, starting at verse 34. Jesus says this, Then the king will say to those on his right, these are the sheep, okay, will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes to clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You see, that is Jesus's value system and that is the external component of what James is saying. If we want to truly express this religion, we need to be available and to be servants of those that are in the greatest need around us. We are to be there for the people who cannot do it for themselves. That is an absolutely crucial piece of truly expressing the religion that we have and the faith that we have to God. This is this is Jesus's value system, folks. This isn't from me. This is directly from him. So going back to James, let's look now at this internal component. And I love this. I love the way he words this to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We talk about pollution all the time, right? We're constantly talking about how the world is polluted. Things are unclean. Our drinking water is unsanitary. We're destroying the earth around us. I mean, we're just obsessed with this idea of pollution, of introducing harmful things into what was once a pure and clean environment. And what James says is you gotta... is metaphorically, of course, keeping all the junk out, keep all the filth out. Don't allow yourself to be corrupted, polluted, be made impure by the ways of this world. And we see that in the concept of sin. Sin gets into our life, literally makes us dirty. Now, Christ is able to wash us clean, but that doesn't mean we should keep on letting that junk in. We need to keep ourselves from being polluted because being polluted will change us and draw us away from God. Let's go to the book of Psalms. Psalm chapter 51, verses 10 through 12. The psalmist writes here and says this better than anything I could say. Just listen to these words. This is from the ESV translation. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. This is a heart's cry. This is something that the psalmist writes directly from the depths of his being. And maybe you've heard that song. Remember that old Keith Green song? Create in me a clean heart, oh God. I encourage you, go look that song up. It'll lift up your spirits. I listen to it occasionally because I want this to be a cry of my heart as well. A clean heart is a heart that God is going to use. And a clean heart is a heart that will be filled with the Holy Spirit and a heart that will please God. So I would just encourage you today, don't be ashamed of your religion. Don't be ashamed to be a part of the great work that God is doing in this world. And do not be ashamed to be a part of the church that he has created. Remember that in expressing that, we are to serve the lowest around us and we are to keep ourselves pure and clean and ready to serve God and please him at a moment's notice. I hope this has been uplifting to you. Stay close to God and happy Tuesday.